0: Colossians chapter 1, we'll pick up where we left off in this book of the Bible together. Colossians 1 and verse number 20. I hope this story will never grow old with us. Simple message, but it's our next verses. And necessary this morning, probably for somebody that needs God's salvation. Colossians chapter 1, the Bible says in verse number 20, And having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself, by Him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometime alienated, and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath He reconciled in the body of His flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in His sight. The Bible tells us in these verses it's showing us not just the greatness of what God is wanting to do for humanity, but it really shows how far we are really removed from God without Jesus Christ. You know, in order for people to be saved, they've got to see their need of salvation. Before people can come to God, they must see their condition. The majority of people do not see their condition before God. They have all these preconceived ideas of what God thinks about them and their life and eternity. And yet the Bible makes it very plain what mankind's condition is. Look at our verses again. He says, verse 20, having made peace through the blood of his cross. That means there's a war taking place. By him to reconcile all things to himself. That means man is far away from God. He says in verse number 21, and you that were sometime alienated. Alienated from God. And then he says, enemies. In your mind by wicked works. I wonder if people really see themselves as an enemy of God. Some may say, well, I'm not, I'm not mad at God. But yet the Bible says if you don't have Jesus Christ, if you're not saved by the good grace of God, if you've never been born again, you are an enemy of God. Because the Bible said, look in your verse 21, enemies in your mind by wicked works. The very nature that we have is at enmity with God. The sinful nature of man makes us enemies with God. Our wickedness makes us enemies up. Some of well, no, I, I'm not mad at God. Well, I, I, if you're not saved, let me tell you, God's mad at you. You know, you you won't hear that in the average building of a sermon given. You know, the Bible says, if you don't believe on the Son of God, John chapter 3, the same chapter that tells you that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The same chapter at the end of the chapter said, if you don't believe on that Son, the wrath of God abideth on you. The Bible says, for these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. The Bible says God is angry with the wicked every day, every day. Now there's something that can alleviate that, but the average individual never sees themselves as someone that has the wrath of God. They don't see themselves as an enemy of God. But the very fact that you're a sinner makes you an enemy of God. Can can I read it to you once more? Hold your finger. Go to Romans chapter 5. There are about three passages in the Bible that just go together with this passage in Colossians. In Romans chapter 5, God declares this to be so. The condition of man. If man would see his condition, maybe he would come for the cure Very rarely does he see the condition. I'm not an enemy of God. If you're not born again, you're an enemy of God. God says so. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5, I'll read it to you again. He said in verse number 8, But God committeth His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What a wonderful thing. Verse 9, Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath... Through him. Yes, but if you're not justified by his blood, you have the wrath of God on you. You can't be saved from that wrath. Verse number 10 For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. The great truth of reconciliation and having peace with God, as he says in this same chapter in Romans chapter 5, verse number 1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Those are wonderful truths, but the majority of everybody that lives on this planet has never been reconciled to God, has never been justified by His blood, and they continue to stay in their state as an enemy of God because they've never been born again. You know what people want? They want peace with God without reconciliation. They want peace with God without the substitutionary death and the bloody sacrifice of our Savior being the only they 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 want peace with God but on their terms. They want peace with God in this very state that they're living in. I want God to be at peace with me and be comfortable with my sinful condition. And that doesn't happen. God is not at peace with mankind. He's at war. Now that can be alleviated. But not on your terms. That, that can be taken care of, but not on man's terms. I wonder this morning, are you an enemy of God? Do you have peace with God? There's another word, not just the word enemy in our text. He said in Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 21, and you who, that were sometime alienated and enemies. He uses the word alienated. Look at Ephesians, would you? Ephesians chapter 2. This is a word that's used in our common vernacular in one of two ways. If I preached this morning on aliens and put it in the paper, I probably would have more people come. I know a preacher that preaches on aliens and UFOs and all that to get a crowd. I want to preach on aliens just for a little while. Who are the aliens? Preacher, are there aliens somewhere out there in outer space? We're spending billions and billions of dollars to find things out there in outer space on a rock. Are there aliens out there? We're coming up upon the stupid holiday of Halloween and they talk about aliens. and People are fascinated with that. They're fascinated with that. Some of the some of the smokes uh, the smartest scientific people in all the world are convinced about aliens, and the truth is God tells us in the Bible about the aliens. Yeah, right. yeah. Now, when mankind thinks of aliens, he thinks of little green men. I remember Brother Wood preaching one time. He said, "For I got saved." He said, I took horse dope and I saw little green men. There's a whole lot of ways to see wild things out there that don't exist. You know, got big heads and whatever happened. Just this year, somebody said there's a spaceship that landed out somewhere and they saw big 10-foot, 12-foot tall people. I don't know where all the pictures went All that. People are fascinated. They want to know about that. And yet God tells you who the aliens are. And they are just as strange And they are just as wild as anything science fiction ever put together. The Bible tells you about them. Ephesians chapter 2. He said in verse number 12. That at that time ye were without Christ being aliens. Do you see that? That if you're without Jesus Christ, if Christ Jesus does not live in you, God not only calls you an enemy, but He calls you an alien. You see that in the Bible. Without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. He said the same thing in verse number 17. He talks about uh, having someone to come and preach peace to you because you're far off. You're a long way away. You're an alien. You're not even in the territory. You're way out in outer space. Aliens. You know what? If you don't have Jesus as your Savior this morning, you are as strange as if you would see a little green man, green man come to your house today with little tentacles that came from... That's how strange we are to God without Jesus Christ. He says, we're aliens. How many people see themselves as an alien without Jesus? If you're not born again, God says, you're a stranger. God didn't know who you are. How, do, how else do we use the word alien? It's being used quite a lot in our society today. We have a lot of illegal coming across the border by droves, do we not? Why do they call them aliens? Now, I know that's probably not politically correct and they'll, they'll change all of that. Maybe they already have. I don't know. But anyway, that's even on the law books. That's, a, that's even a term in the law books. Why do they call people illegal aliens that are coming across the border? Can somebody tell me? Do what? They're not from here. They have no permission to be here. They're here illegally. They, 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 they don't... Can I say this without anybody getting offended? They don't belong here. Now, 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 don't misunderstand me. When they come across that border, I think we ought to do everything in our power to show them Jesus. I think it's a great opportunity to win people to Christ. But the truth is they don't belong. The whole world doesn't belong within our borders. They don't belong here. If you're going to come here, you need to come here legally. My my daughter in law, she just got her citizenship. She came from Canada. So some of y'all didn't even know that. Do you know how many years it has taken her to belong as a citizen of this country? How long has it been? How long has it taken, Hannah? More than ten years. She had to go through a huge process so that she belongs in this country. Now this is what God says to us. Why, Why do I even bring that up? God says, without Jesus Christ, you are an alien. You don't belong in my heaven. You don't belong with me. You have you, you have no right to be where I am. You're an alien from me. Now that, that that can change. That condition can change just like it changed for my daughter-in-law, and it can change the, But it's got to change on God's terms and not your terms. So many people think they belong in heaven. You know, if without Jesus Christ, without the new birth, you have no right there. That's His home. That's His place. Man has to see without Jesus Christ, without the new birth, he is an enemy of God, and he is an alien from God. By the way, you you won't climb the fence to get to God's heaven. There ain't no fence there. The the expanse is too far. You can build you 5,000 rocket ships, and you'll not be able to encroach into God's heaven. The only people that get there are the people that he wants to get there. And if you are an alien, you're not going. He says, man, without Jesus Christ is an enemy. He's an alien. He's far off. That's what he said in Ephesians. You're far off. You know, so many times people that have never been saved, they don't think they're too far from God. And God says, you're far off. You're so far out there, I can't even see you. Now, when you're too too far out there for God to see you, you're way out there. You say, "Where? how many can't see me? You remember when people stand before the Lord and they've never been saved? He said, depart from me. You cursed in everlasting fire, prepared for the devils and angels. I never knew you. I don't know who you are. You're so far away from me, I don't even know who you are. That is man in his condition without salvation. The truth is the Bible says our iniquities have separated us between us and our God. Our sins have made us so far away from God that it's going to take a miracle. And that's what our text is about. Though you are an enemy... Though you are alienated in your mind by your wicked works, though you are far off, God has an offer for you. What a blessing. Though he is angry, he says, this is what I want to do for man. Would you go back to our text? He says in Colossians chapter, such a simple message. Someone this morning needs this message. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 2, verse number 20, And having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself, by Him I say, whether they be things in earth... Or things in heaven, and you that were sometime alienated in enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death. There is only one way to get rid of this enemy relationship with God. There is only one way to belong with God and not be an alien and not be a stranger and not be, there's only one thing that'll satisfy God. And that's why it's so offensive when man comes to God with his own goodness and religion because his own goodness and his religion is is not acceptable to take care of this vast difference between us and God. He said in verse number 20, having made peace through the blood of his cross. The only thing that will make peace with God, with you, is the blood. Of Jesus Christ that he shed on the cross. Amen. That's when somebody says, i tell you what I'll do. I'll start going to church. Well, you, that doesn't make peace with God. No, no, no. I know what I'll do. I'll start living a better life. That, that does not make peace with God. I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll get baptized. I'm glad people are getting baptized today. But that doesn't make peace with God. Well, I'll, I'll take communion. No. God says, You can do all you want to do. There'll be no peace between us unless it comes by the way of the blood of His cross. That Bible talks about those early apostles going around in Acts and they're preaching peace, but they're preaching it by Jesus Christ. The Bible says he is our peace. The peace is Jesus. And somebody this morning, amen, needs to run up, run up the white flag and say, "I surrender all. I'm guilty. I can't do it. I'm to quit fighting you and I'm going to submit myself to the one that died on the cross for my sin because that's the only thing God will accept to have peace with you. If you'll come to God by the blood of His Son, He'll make peace with you. If you'll come to God and say, God I'm only trusting in the blood of Your Son that was shed on that cross God will look down and say, I'll make peace with you. You try to come any other way, you'll die and go to hell. Boy, I'm glad for the day that that dawned on me that I couldn't make peace with God, but that the power in the blood of Jesus Christ was that which satisfied God. Guys, we are trying to satisfy God with every other thing, and the only thing that satisfies God the Father is the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the only thing that satisfies I mean even in the Old Testament they're bringing all those lambs they're making all those offerings and they have to do it over and over and over and over again and one day amen the lovely Lamb of God stepped out on the shore and John the Baptist said behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world no more need for sacrifices all of that all of that Old Testament God saying justice 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 and when Christ Jesus died on the cross and His blood ran down that cross we hear God Almighty from the throne room saying I'm satisfied Amen. and nothing else is satisfying." not your religion you better come to God by faith in that blood or you'll not come to him at all therefore being justified by faith we have peace with God faith in his blood not faith in me not faith in a church but faith in the blood I believe that blood's got power to save everybody. But people don't come to God by the blood. He said you can be reconciled, having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things to himself. In the body of his flesh, his body was broken and bled and died so that you could be brought back together with God. We that are far off, he says, have been made nigh by the blood of Christ. Not because I'm a good person now. His blood has brought me to God. The word reconciled occurs in our text more than once. I hope you understand what the word reconciled means. If you if you don't, let me give an illustration of it from 1 Corinthians chapter 7. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7 there is a married couple that's separated. They don't live together anymore. And God talks about them being reconciled. The word reconcile simply means bringing two opposite parties back together. Now now, now here, this is so important. Now, Now this is this is theology, but it's, it's not hard to understand. Without Jesus Christ, you're way over there, and God's way over here. And somehow, how am I going to get back together with God? How am I going to be brought back together with God? You'll be brought back by the one in the middle. Jesus Christ, as the man Christ Jesus, can grab a hold of a man's hand and Jesus Christ as God in the flesh can grab a hold of God's hand and he can bring the two together based upon his bloody bodily death on the cross to satisfy. He can bring the two together. Now now watch this. Watch this. Can I give you a little thing here? You know, just like I mentioned husbands and wives. If I ever have to counsel people that, just have, that have normal marital problems to, to try to get, get them back together. I have to get both of them to acknowledge that they're both in the wrong. Come on, I'm not preaching on that. Help me, though. Help me, or I will preach on it. The reason people don't reconcile, it's because they're wrong and I'm not wrong. I'm telling you the truth. And there is nobody in here that's not been wrong about something. But as long as you see the other party is the one... That's wrong. There'll be no reconciliation. I'm just telling you. Both have got to say, okay, not what I'm supposed to be. I want to get that right. I can't change this person, but I can change me. But now when we talk about reconciliation with God, it's not so. God has nothing to reconcile. He's not like you and I we are all in the wrong <laughs> he is perfectly in the right Amen. do you know there's a, we even had to change it one of the greatest hymns of the faith that was ever written is arise my soul arise we, we love it's number 1 in this little book we love it's a great hymn one of Charles Wesley's hymns we had to change the wording of the last verse Maybe some of you didn't notice that. You say, well, what does it matter? It matters a great deal. The last verse in, in the normal writing says, my God is reconciled. That's, that's an error. We changed it, it to, to God, I'm reconciled. In other words, this is so important. God is not going to move your way and change one iota. He has nothing to change. God is not going to reconcile Himself to you and change His mind about anything. He has nothing to be sorry for. He didn't do anything wrong. You know what most people are waiting on? They're waiting on God to be reconciled to them. And that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that in the body of His flesh, He is reconciling us to Himself. You're to be reconciled to God. God's not to be reconciled to you. If I can put it another way, God's not supposed to get with your program. You need to get with His program. God's not going to change, amen, to accept you. You have got to come to His Son and let His Son change you so that you can be accepted into His family by His grace and by His mercy and by His blood. But He, we're the ones that stand in need of reconciliation. So many times, man says, Well, if God will come to me, he's I've witnessed people before say, Hey, don't you, want, don't you want to get saved? Well, if God will come to me and prove himself to me, you're not that important. If you want to go to hell, God will let you go to hell. He says, Be reconciled to God. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I'll show it to you. God's not going to move. God's not going to change what's right. He's not going to change what's wrong. He's not going to overlook your sin. Guys, you say, well, doesn't He do that when He forgives us? No! He poured His wrath on His own Son on the cross because He wouldn't overlook your sin. Somebody had to pay you for your sin. He's not going to overlook it. And so the Lord Jesus Christ bled and died, not for His his sin, but for my sin, for your sin. He's not going to change who he is. He's not, see, that, that's a problem. People think they can come to God and God just accept their sin. And no, he, He's not moving, guys. Now, in your marriage, that's bad. But neither one of you are God. He says, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He says it easily. Understood. He said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Verse number 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You see, God wants to change things on the inside out for us. Verse 18, and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself. Not, not, he's not reconciled to us. He has reconciled us to himself. By Jesus Christ, and have given to us the ministry of reconciliation. This is what we're supposed to be doing as a church. Verse 19, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Himself. He's not moving, but the world needs to come to Him not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. Watch it. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. Why? Verse 21, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You want to get back together with God? There's only one way, and that's through the blood of His cross. The payment for your sin that He made and the righteousness that He has that He wants to give to you. Do you want to be reconciled to God? See, most people don't think they're far away from Him. They think everything's fine. And God will just meet them wherever they are. No. God will only meet you at the cross of Jesus Christ. But he'll meet you there. You can bring all of your sin. You can bring all of your wickedness of your life. If you, Jesus said, come unto me. All The spirit and the bride, the last verses of the Bible, the spirit and the bride say, come. If you want to be reconciled to God, all you have to do is come to Jesus. There's power in that blood to bring you back together with God. Not on your terms, on His terms. He is your peace. He will make peace with you because of Jesus if you come to Him because of that. All the sins you've committed, God's justice can be satisfied if you'll put faith in the precious blood of Jesus Christ. That's God's offer. I'm not moving. But if you'll come to me, if you'll come to my son, we can be reconciled. And man, you know what he does? He just doesn't come. He expects God to come to him, and he won't come to God. You know, that's why we have invitations. You can get saved in your seat, but you cannot get saved unless you come to God from your heart because He's not moving. There's power in His blood. So, are you an enemy? Are you an alien? Are you far away from God? Why don't you come to Jesus Christ and come home? And then you'll belong. You'll belong in his heaven. Your wickedness will be washed away because of his precious son.